Hey, my name is Josh Chambers. And I'm Leif Parton. Welcome to How Humans Change. Every episode, we speak with someone who's undergone some kind of change, and we get the backstory. This week is part two of our two-part series in which we speak with the Spears. Today, we're speaking with Christine, John's ex-wife, and we're talking to her about what it was like for her when John came out. Christine was amazing. She was incredibly kind and warm throughout this interview. We found out after the interview that she just had her annual review at work, which is kind of a testament to how kind and generous she is with her time, that she would take the time to tell the story after undergoing something like that. She, I think what really struck me during this conversation was how compassionate and kind she was throughout the process with John as she was herself undergoing an incredible amount of change and experiencing what is probably one of the biggest changes you can experience in your life. We talked about the loss of control in a relationship, what it feels like to be in survival and maintenance mode, and finding your life again after a breakup, and also what it looks like to co-parent with someone in this context. They still live in the same building and how that works. And overall, I think me and Leif were both just blown away by Christine's kindness and empathy throughout the whole thing. So if you like this, please subscribe. Please tell all of your friends about it. And if you know anyone who would be great to discuss on the podcast, big changes or small changes, please reach out at howhumanschange.com. All right. Enjoy Christine Spears. All right. Uh, Well, Christine, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thank you so much for taking some time. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks. Thanks for asking me. Uh, this is uh, this is probably part two of a series. Uh, we spoke with your ex-husband a little bit ago about a major change um, of how kind of in his early 30s he realized he was gay. Um, and we sort of wanted to hear your side of the story uh, on that and what that was like for you and the family. Um, but to start, do you think uh, we kind of like to start just kind of like back up. What were, what were you like in high school? Um... In high school, I was a good student. Um, I ran cross country. I, I don't know. I had, I had, I had a, you know, good friends. I think I um, was maybe always a little bit kind of searching for um, which group I kind of fit in with. I feel like I got along with most people, but was mm-hmm. sort of um, didn't really have a close group of of kind of girlfriends or friends that I stuck with through all all through high school um yeah and then towards the end of high school the last couple years I started getting more involved with a youth group and that's more kind of where my friends were um and my kind of where I spent a lot of time the last couple last half of high school I'd say oh that's great and you grew where did you grow up again it was Uh, I grew up in Minnesota Mm -hmm. perfect suburbs of Minneapolis Got it. Um, so maybe fast forwarding a little bit, how did you, uh, how did you and John meet? Uh, we met at work. Um, so we both worked for a, an international human rights nonprofit. Um, I started there about maybe about six months before he did. And he, I worked in the finance department. He came on as an intern in the education and church mobilization kind of area. Um, so he was there just for a short term kind of assignment, um, and was an intern. So he really liked the interns really 
stuck together and kind of they were their own friend group. But then he came, he stayed on as a permanent hire and we ended up working in totally different areas of the organization, but lived close to each other and ended up in the same carpool. And so, yeah, and just kind of had the same, the same group that we hung out with. And it was a, um, DC is just a very kind of transient place. And there were a lot of young 20 somethings that worked at uh, this organization. So we kind of became our, our, it was like our, our main source of friends and our main friend group was our, our work colleagues. So that's how we originally met. And Christine, what do you, um, what do you do now? And you were in the same field back then too, but what do you do for everyone? Yeah. Um, so I'm an accountant and I work, um, have been working with nonprofits for most of my career. So, um, I'm the controller now here at a mid-sized nonprofit. Got it. That's great. Mm -hmm. So when we talked to John, uh, he gave us a chronological overview, more or less, of the events that took place that led him to coming out. And he shared the evening that he came out as gay and discussed it with you. And he talked a little bit about um, the years leading up to it and how difficult they were. So what I thought would be cool to talk about from your perspective is what what was going on with you in those years leading up to that conversation uh, as you guys were traveling around and you, I think you guys were, at some point you and the kids were staying back and John was traveling, but what was going on with you? And, and do you remember any defining moments where you were like, oh man, things are, things are different or weird or this is hard? Yeah. Um, well, I would say, so to back up all the way, I mean, I'd say, you know, in hindsight is 2020. So, uh, so I think from the very beginning of our marriage, really not really our relationship, but of our marriage, I kind of sensed the, this difficulty in being intimate or being sort of fully just open and, um, and yeah, just being out in the open and like, okay with that between us. Um, was it, do you mind of, if I ask, was it, was it just physical intimacy or was it also emotional intimacy? Uh, it was both. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, just, physically, but also, um, just feeling like we weren't on the same page or like, um, I think what it kind of, um, um uh, what it, what we realized was happening or what was going on is I think, um, John was struggling with some, you know, questions or, or things that maybe weren't how he anticipated them being in terms of a relationship or it wasn't kind of fulfilling to him. And I also felt like, well, maybe this, maybe, maybe something is wrong with me. I mean, I've never been right. married before and maybe I'm not cut out for marriage. <laughs> like, it was yep. like, wow, if this is what marriage is, this is different than I thought it would be. Um, but but in terms of the, la the, the couple years um, leading up to him coming out, I would say I sensed 
from him. So we had really tried to work on those things, um, like through counseling and discussions. And that was kind of all a part of our earlier part of our marriage. But in the last two years before he came out, um, we, so we had very young kids. We had a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, we were just really consumed with taking care of them. We were exhausted. We were both working. Um, yeah, and, it was exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really felt that he was kind of pulling, he was not fighting as much, uh, not fighting with me, but like not, we weren't really putting in a lot of effort to like make things better. We kind of, from I guess from my point perspective, I stopped feeling like um, mm-hmm. we kind of kept saying we we need to talk about this, we need to address it, but we're just too tired right now. Like we'll get over this. I'm sure everyone goes through this. It's kind of just got to just be in this state for a while. But it ended up, you know, being years of yeah. almost no physical intimacy and just just total like maintaining a, a, a friendship basically um, and kind of yeah in a way like I guess drawing apart but not in a yeah but in a way that I think we could kind of rationalize to ourselves as this is just normal everyone who's who's married with small kids has this is probably feeling the way we are right now so yeah Yeah. I I can speak from some experience that I think there is a truth to that that with kids that age that you are in survival mode quite a bit of the day quite a bit of the week quite a bit of the year before you know it. Yeah. Um, but I noticed that he stopped pushing me to, you know, to, to be more intimate or to, um, make changes of, of that, or, you know, to, to address maybe some of my, what I thought were my intimacy issues. And, (laughs) um, so yeah, I think I was a little bit relieved that, that, seemed that he seemed kind of okay with this sort of let's just kind of go along and we'll figure it out someday so in retrospect do you i don't know if you talked to him about it or not but either a guess or in your discussion was that john starting to come to terms with his sexuality or was it both of you just being exhausted or something else yeah, I think it was both. I mean, I think it was probably both. And from what I've talked to him about, I mean, I think he was spending time thinking and journaling about this and really coming to terms with, you know, with it himself, me not even, you know, not even not even thinking. I mean, I'm sure he's, he was considering how it would affect me, but he's also just trying to figure out his own self and you know, who, right. he, who he is. And I think that sort of was really consuming to him. So were you going through similar self-discovery at this time? Were you internalizing and journaling or were you just trying to get through it? Where were you at? What were you experiencing? Yeah, I think I was just trying to get through it. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I, I felt like there was a, there it wasn't ideally how I wanted to be in terms of in a married relationship. Um, and with, but it, it didn't feel so bad that it was, it was just a very complacent feeling. Like it, I didn't have the energy or the, 
it didn't I wasn't able to to do anything about it. it it felt manageable it felt not ideal but like an okay place to be so I was just sort of waiting things out <laughs> yep yep John talked about moving was it Indiana or was it Illinois uh, Indiana mm-hmm. he talked about moving and taking on quite a bit of campaign work and John was telling us that that was such a difficult time for him that he eventually just broke all of the facade and all of the different things that he had been using to to think the way that we all do to prop up our identity and to find meaning and purpose started to get stripped away. And and it was, he described that year or two as being exceptionally difficult and that led to him being able to face this down. Mm -hmm. What were those couple of years like for you, especially that last year beforehand? Um, You guys were, were you and the kids logistically and emotionally, where were you guys? Remind me. Um, so we were, we spent a year in Indiana. Um, I, my daughter, or our oldest daughter was, she turned one, like the day we moved there. And then she turned two the day we left. So we were there for her whole from, you know, one years old period. And then I was pregnant. I was pregnant during that time. So, um, and then not till we got to DC did we have our second. So, um, so I had a toddler, um, and was working and he was working, um, a lot and on really defeating work. So he was yeah. doing political work that it was the midterms after, um, Obama had won and a lot. And he had been a part of Obama's victory. He had worked to, in, you know, in Pennsylvania to help turn the County that he was working in blue and it went for Obama and it was such a, such a high moment for him and just so um, fulfilling and then I think it just in Indiana the political climate was so different and so many uh, districts turned red that year in the 2010 midterms like it was it was just I think very depressing and also um, he was managing a staff who just there was a lot of drama and he's got you know a young kid at home and tra- traveling all over the state of Indiana. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so exhausting. I mean, it, so, it sounds like a couple of years of just, just survival mode and you just get used to it. Yeah. I think, I mean, and I think now like thinking about it, I think those years, I mean, I think I felt a lot of him searching for like what he wanted to do or sort of, we were moving around a lot because of what, where he wanted to be and what he wanted to do. Um, and I was, I was fine with it. I worked from home so I could kind of go along with it, but it felt, um, yeah, it just, it it felt like a a time of searching for him and, and, but not being very fulfilled. (laughs) Was there, was there Um, something you wanted to be doing or were you, uh, or a different place you wanted to be? Well, I think it's interesting. I think I I did I think like looking back, I think I was feeling a little bit like, hey, I should have a voice here too. And just because 
I'm a little more flexible or just because I'm working at home and can follow you doesn't necessarily mean like I don't have a a reason to want to stay in one location. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to like, go to I don't want to um, go to Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was fine going to Indiana and honestly it was actually a kind of a nice like one year like huh. time. It was like you know, very like low cost of living. It sure. was it was this like sweet time in my daughter's life. Like I'll always remember her being that age in this like nice apartment that we had where we could easily get to all these kid friendly places. And mm. I think of Indiana fondly actually for the most part, oh. um, <laughs> knowing that it was temporary, I mean, nothing against Indiana, but it was, it was a nice like one year kind of venture out into the Midwest. Um, but I did actually like during that time I was like, what do I want to be doing? And so I was coming up with all these yeah. ideas and I um, decided that I wanted to be a midwife. And so I, started going to taking classes at the community college, getting these prerequisites for nursing programs done. And I think, I think I was feeling very much like I need to have something that I can yeah, like say, like have a say in kind of where we go or what we do. I feel like the, a lot of this is like, I'm, I'm losing my like leverage. Yeah. Sure. Um, so it is do interesting you... that during that time, all this, like I was having all these plans but it, that which didn't actually come to fruition, unfortunately. I took a lot of classes, <laughs> a lot of anatomy classes, and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, that's but so that, fascinating. What yeah. what do you remember a event that do you remember the night you decided I want to be a midwife? Yeah, I mean, the I decided I was with two friends and we were just talking I think we I don't know I think we went out for like girls valentine's day or something like that we were just having this kind of like what would you do if you could do anything like if you could just kind of start over what would you go to school for who do you want to work with like what kind of what would you do and I for some reason I was like very fascinated with natural birth and and um it was you know it was a personally relevant topic at the time I was like had a six month old. Um, so I think I had just been through that whole experience and had a, a good experience. And I just, I felt like, Oh, I think I, I think I enjoyed that so much. I think I would maybe want to do that. And, huh. and then just kind of, I don't know, started seriously looking into it, but, um, yeah, but, but I you, do think you started taking classes. I mean, you didn't just do the thing that some people do. They have a couple margaritas, they're a little drunk and they're like, I'm going to be a musician. And then that never <laughs> goes anywhere you actually spend time and money on this endeavor yeah I, I I do think a lot of it was I wanted I wanted to decide the next thing we did I wanted to to yeah. have a reason for for you know for follow doing something that was not John-centered <laughs> so you eventually yeah. did you stop doing that I did. I, okay. yeah, I applied to a school and I got in and like, um, Ohio state and <laughs> I, uh, almost got a, a very good scholarship. I was like on the, like, you know, the, you're in the final round of this huh. pretty much full ride scholarship. I think if I had gotten, that, I would have really pushed for it, but I was also pregnant and would have had like a three week old at the starting of the program. So Thanks. that combined, I mean, and that was 
yeah. So I never, I, I, I like deferred it for one year. And then after that, it was no longer really a viable option. So, uh, so I did, yeah, I, I tried to move. I, I pretty seriously made attempts to move forward with yeah. it. Yeah. So um, fast forwarding then, I mean, you're considering midwifery, you are realizing, um, I want some of these decisions to be about me now. And then fast forwarding to that night that John spoke to you, he came home and what happened? What do you remember? Um, so we put the kids to bed and... It was a few days after his birthday, and his birthday had been kind of horrible. We tried to go out for sushi with the kids, and then one of them had, like, hives, and so she was, like, oh, freaking no. out. And, <laughs> I mean, oh, no. Not, 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 like, dangerous, but it was, like, she was scratching and, like, itching, and we needed to get Benadryl in the middle of the night, and it was just, I don't know. He had had a bad birthday thing, and I was feeling bad about that, but he came home, and um, was like, Hey, can I talk to you? And I was like, Oh, maybe we can like, I don't know, kind of revisit his birthday where we didn't even get to like hang out, um, and just kind of talk. So he asked if we could talk, we were sitting on our bed and he, I'm pretty sure he said something like, I'm really sorry that I haven't been as, um, present as, you need me to be or, and, um, haven't been doing my fair share of kind of, uh, pitching in and, and being helpful. Um, I wanted you to know that I'm pretty sure that I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was so shocked. I was so shocked. I've never been that shocked about anything. I had wow. that like, like classic, but as never, I've never, it's never happened to me before where I felt like I was like watching me like watching this play, like this, like sort of like time stood still. I was like, what? Like an out of body experience almost. Yeah. Yeah. It was just bizarre. And I, I was like, what? (laughs) Uh, The last thing I expected to hear and had really never, yeah, had no, no, suspicion of that like no nothing um so wow yeah I mean and that night I mean I was too shocked to do well to do much I mean I was more like curious like what like yeah how have you like how long have you known or like are you okay (laughs) yeah um yeah it was it was a very, a very, like, a very, it was very interesting to have, I mean, to, to, obviously that information is really going to affect my life and our, you know, our marriage. And there's lots of things to think about, but it's also, you're also listening to the person who you care deeply about and who's your partner in life, just sharing with, sharing something with you that's so intimate. Um, and just that, you know, that they've, or I knew that he had, I was sure he'd been struggling with this and thinking about it for a long time. And so to also want to be there for them, like to like, that's a huge 
moment in their life. No one had ever, I, I had never been like in that moment with anyone before. And I felt yeah. sort of wow. honored to be there, but at the same time, it's like, what is, what does this mean? And, um, so, so many, I mean, just, yeah, it, it was so just, complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I am so struck and John told a similar story by your courage and kindness in that moment. I cannot imagine that very many people, Christine, truly would have thought to think, how are you? It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, it, maybe I could just see it sort of on him and in him, like just what a struggle it was to, to share this and yeah, it, yeah, I just, I knew it had to take a lot of courage and yeah. It's amazing that you were present. Um, I'm going to ask you a question about this that um, I'm just very curious about when someone experiences something like that and there's all of these different emotions, these all these different thoughts that the one part of you is saying, what happens to me? What happens to us? The other part of you is saying, oh my gosh, wow, this is uh, this must have been hard for you and all of the different things in between anger, sadness, everything. Do you, when you experience that, if you've ever experienced anything similar to that, do you genuinely or generally find yourself putting yourself or putting someone else first in those moments? Um, I, I don't mean this in like a, I put others before myself all the time kind of way, but I think I, I, I tend to think about how someone else is going to react to something or how someone else is doing versus or in over how I'm interpreting it or feeling about it. I think just in general, like I think yep. my, my like strength finder is all these like consistency and fairness and like, yeah. And like one reconciliation. I mean, it's like all, it's like these, I like in a, in, in probably not always the best way. Like I'm, I think I'm, I'm thinking about how, about the other person's take or, or yeah, what that, what, what their experience must be like. You know, some people that we, we, we talk to, um, a lot of people that I've talked to, I feel like will, well, not everybody. I mean, there's some people who, when they're in, when they encounter conflict or something that makes them uncomfortable, they fly off the handle, they get angry and that's a very apparent response. But then other people, when they experience that type of discomfort or, or a lot of different emotions happening all at once for the person whose tendency it is to think about the other person, sometimes in my experience personally and in discussing this with others, it's not until a day, hours, weeks later where you look back on that memory and then then the anger or the emotions that you were, that represented you start showing up. When you, after that night was over and as you think about it 
had thought about it over the years looking back, did that eventually appear? Did anger or resentment or any of those emotions start showing up? Did you find yourself feeling that stuff or did it, was it always that as what it sounds like calm and empathetic? Yeah. I mean, yes, definitely. I, I felt, yes, I definitely felt anger um, and frustration and, but yeah, it took a little while. Um, which is probably like, um, the first, (laughs) the first time I, I remember just feeling angry and feeling like probably way more, like way angrier than the situation called for was, (laughs) um, so there was a, like a government shutdown or something like that. And John was part of it. And I just assumed like he worked for the government and I assumed either that he was like one of the exempt people who still got to keep working or that he would have said something. Um, but I kind of like managed the money and the, the finances in our house. And so he just kind of like randomly said to me, well, this is my last day of work or something like that. Or, or I'm, I'm, this is my last paycheck. <laughs> I was like, like, and it was like, like leading up to it had been like weeks or a while of like, this could be happening and like no mention to me like, oh, what are we going to do if you don't have a paycheck or like, have we thought about it or are we, um, but he just like got out of the car. I think I like dropped him off for work or something. And he was like, this is, today's my last paycheck or something like that. And I just felt uh. so, I felt like I, I don't like, I don't want to like that you're, you're just relying on me to kind of take care of the situation. And yeah. I wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for you. you know, like I was like, you're, yeah. you're, it was just this, like, you're, you're, you've caused this situation because you like you, you, you have a job that is going to shut down and now I have to figure out how it's, it's going to all work out for us. And that doesn't seem fair to me. This like, was, other, yeah. Sorry, Christine, this was how long after he had said he was gay? Um, this was a few weeks. Okay. Yeah, somewhere around a few weeks. Jeez Louise. I mean, um, and then other small things that were in that same sort of, like anything where I felt like I was supposed to, like, play the, like, wife and partner role, and it was, like, assumed that I would. Even things that were, like, making dinner. Like, sometimes, like I just didn't want to make dinner anymore because I was, like, yeah. I, I'm doing this to kind of, like, contribute to this, like, marriage. And not that I was – I mean, I, it was just more of, like, a, a like – the assumption that I would, that I would like continue to do or do things that were. Right. I mean, all assumptions were off at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. (laughs) Well, well, were that like, were all assumptions off or did it just sort of, was it like business as usual? Well, I guess it was like a kind of a mix. I mean, it was obviously we had to just keep going we didn't we you know we we stayed living in the same house we had our routine of like 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 we didn't really have the means to like make any big decisions of like we're you know we're both gonna do this or or, and we didn't really know what we wanted to do or what we like what our options were what we wanted to decide together like we just 
so for a while it really was mostly like just maintaining and um but so it, it's like totally fair for him to assume that I would make dinner when I had, had been doing that and I think I just there were just like moments where I just realized like I'm only doing this because it's how I like that it's like my way of contributing to to this like life like I I I really could care less about what I eat. I find, I mean, sometimes I'm fine to eat cereal for dinner and the yeah. kids were so little, they didn't really care. So I'm like, I don't know if I really want to make like steak and potatoes or whatever yes. it is. Like I like the meal that he's really the only one who wants to eat this. Like just like, yeah, I think those yep. things I just felt like poked sort of like. And yeah. so it, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, you had started to experience some resentment leading up to that night. And then as you begin to, as your subconscious probably starts to process through it, this, I'm going to use a very strong word. Um, betrayal is a, it, maybe it's an unfair word. So again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can imagine how maybe that stuff starts to bubble up into the surface into strange areas like, fuck you, I'm not making steak. <laughs> or you don't, like last paycheck? Because it sounds as though it was a couple of years in the making. Is that is that unfair? Yeah, I think I just, I think I, I felt like I had, I probably would have been, I was, yes, I'm sure I was frustrated at all those things even before, like, yeah. and maybe even subconsciously some of them. Um, but I felt like I had now sort of a, a valid reason to be nice. like not necessarily wanting to. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah. And even in, I mean, in broader, in just the broader context of our relationship, like in just how we were managing things, I think the focus, like John's job was more of the, the one that was not as flexible. He had to work more and his like, which I think in a lot of, relationships it's hard for both people to have that for both people to be really career driven and to like put in the extra hours and yeah. so I had taken the sort of like my job is fine if you know it's mostly fulfilling it's really flexible it's not super challenging I have I can I can add in all this stuff like running the kids around and cooking or whatever and and that's kind of the dynamic we had and I think I was starting to feel like I see. Well, I don't want to, I, I am, I don't know that I want to support, I, I, I need to figure out a way, like, we're, we're not gonna be able to sustain this, like this, yeah. he, yeah, we're gonna be somehow separating this life, and so I'm not gonna, I don't want to just be in the support role now, um, and, you know, not immediately change everything, but it, I needed to be thinking about, like, what does, what, what do I, if I, if, if I'm not supporting him, then what am, what what changes do I need to make, or right. what things does he need to take on, sort of? So, I use that word betrayal. Did that, is that how it felt, or did it feel different than that? I don't think it felt like a betrayal. Um, I, and I think a lot of like I think that's because. Um, I truly do feel that 
there was no sort of malintent or any yeah. uh, no, any he was not knowingly leading me astray for any sort of you know any sort of personal gain or selfishness I yeah. think and and I think that's that's been what has been really sort of different than in other when I've talked with other people whose marriages haven't lasted for any whatever the reason is I mean that I felt like John and I were pretty much like still partners and still talking about like how how what are we going to do next and making decisions together and not it wasn't like he told me I've been in this secret relationship for the last five years and I've been hiding all this stuff from you. It was like a real, I've been struggling internally with this. You know, you're the second person I told, I told the first person like two days ago and, and he's only told, he's only admitted it to himself, you know, not that long before. And it, I, I just, I, I, I think it could have turned into a betrayal if, if there would have been more sort of secrecy and, and like, and decisions made that I didn't feel a part of and like, um, Mm -hmm. but it, yeah, it just didn't feel like that. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about since then, but I have this one question that I'm so curious about. What is it like waking up the next morning after this out of body experience and realizing my husband's gay? Um, I, I think I felt pretty numb. I mean, I remember we kind of were like, what just happened? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was like Googling everything I could find. Who did, who did you tell first? Oh, um, Gosh, I think. Parents? I think I told my parents. Yeah. How, how did that go? Um, I mean, I had to tell them over the phone. I think they were surprised. They were they were su- supportive. I mean, they were. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they. I don't. Yeah, I think they were just open to hearing what I, you know, and asking me some questions, but I think also not really wanting to pry. And I think it was also very new. Um, but I was, I mean, but I, I was, I, I think I still was very like calm. At that time. I mean, I was, I was, it was very like, this is what happened. And yeah. Yeah. Um, Even you're telling yeah. it now is incredibly calm. It's sort of like, yeah, but you were angry, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not, I'm not I, trying to fish or anything, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's, you have such a calm presence about the whole thing. It's very, um, it's insane. I shouldn't uh, say insane. That's, that's not the right word, but it's, uh, it's remarkable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've been angry at moments in like in moments, but, um, I mean, it, it was so clear that 
something was eating at John for so mm-hmm. long and consuming yeah. his self. What I've learned is when a, you know when a person is going through that, or you know maybe it's not any sort of revelation. It's hard to give. You know, it's hard for him to give outside of like what he's dealing with internally, and to be a uh, like to be an an open sort of available person. And um, I just felt this like like that he was like all coiled up and stressed out and hard to in some ways hard to to be with and like this him getting ready like him offloading this information and being just sort of free of it really like I just think I mean things changed for the better in terms of our communication and how we worked through things and how we were able to communicate about things and I think I don't know. It was hard to be angry when, when all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, this is what's, this is, yeah. this is it. This is what has been the. Yeah. So there was some relief yeah. there too, I bet. Like, oh yeah. wow, well now, now that makes sense. I understand now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, wow, that's so amazing. Um, what, so what does it look like now for you guys? What's in the present? So, um, I mean, presently, so it's been almost four years. Um, we live in the same apartment building. <laughs> we each have our, you know, we have our own apartments. Um, are you, why are you, why are you giggling right there? Like, is there? Um, cause I don't know. <laughs> Most people <laughs> laugh when they hear that we're like living that close. We live pretty no, much above and below each other. Uh, and I was like, that's, that's. I don't. I mean, in an not really doesn't we, really matter what I think, but I was kind of. We did a double take. <laughs> when we when John said that for the first time, we were like, "Did he just okay?" I was amazed. I felt like wow because when John, I think when we dis- when he described it, was just talking about your desire to continue to co-parent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which makes um, which makes sense after listening to both of you. But the first instance of it, I it makes sense. Yeah. It. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, I've I wanted to do this like from day one, um, but we we lived in different places for a while, and I mean always really close. But um, yeah, it's it's great. So we we have our own apartments. We the kids have um, a bedroom at each one, and we I think we co-parent really well. We see them. We each see them every day. So. We do like a trade off every other day. Um, so I, I will have them at night and then take them to school in the morning and then he'll pick them up and have them that night and pick them to school in the morning. And then we just switch off on the weekends. Um, but we, yeah, we still do a decent amount of stuff, all four of us. I mean, things like soccer games and going to get coffee sometimes. Um, I mean, John and I are still really good friends, so it's it's really nice that we can live in the same building and see each other sort of more frequently than if we were just doing handoffs or you know just um seeing each other here and there um and i think the kids really appreciate that too yeah i was gonna well there's there's like we've already been talking for quite a while and there's a bunch of different directions i want to hear about the kids i want to hear about all sorts of things 
But do you, when you tell this story, um, do people generally, are they like surprised by the fact that you guys are still buddies? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think most, yeah, I'm, most people are, I mean, yeah, I do think it just has a lot to do with going back to a thing. This was a, a big kind of explosion that happened or, or bomb, bomb. Um, yeah. but I think from the beginning of the, the, you know, the, the, from the first night, it's been like, John has totally deferred to me, or at least in the beginning was like, like whatever I needed. I mean, it was, I, I always, I always felt like considered and like I had control and say over what we were doing. And we were all, we made a lot of, we made really all the decisions together and it felt like, it, yeah, it just, it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know why, why it seemed easy to stay friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's remarkable. Other than that, I just think there's like total honesty. I think we both, we both trust each other. I think we still both want what's best for each other. And I think in this case, what was best was for us to not stay married. But I think we both agreed to that. Like, I think it was like, this is this is gonna make each of us. We're each gonna be, you know, our best, most fulfilled people if we don't yeah. stay in this marriage. But that doesn't mean we've like we just forget about every you know, the reason that we got married or forget that we got married. And so I think there's still there's still like we still really care about each other and yeah. just yeah. So the decision to divorce was a mutual decision, mm-hmm. and when you when to tell the kids, uh, what was, what, how do you tell the kids that? Well, I, we wrote it down. We, and they were really young. They were two and a half and four and a half. So, um, my, my daughter, the older, the older one, she, I mean, she had a rough time with it. I think we, we basically told them, that we were not going to be married anymore and that everyone, all people are, I mean, it. <laughs> thinking about it now, I'm like, gosh, I don't know how we, how she interpreted this, but basically just sort of said, daddy needs to be married to a boy. And, and I'm sure that was confusing, <laughs> um, but we, and she, yeah, she had a, a rough time and started crying, and that and that was really hard. Oh, um, yeah, that must have been heartbreaking. Yeah, um, but we, yeah, but I had read a very a very good book of, of written by a couple who had gone through this, and it was like ten years later they wrote this book together. They had kids. They had ma- maintained a very good relationship through the whole thing, and it was at that point it was like incredible to read that someone else had like been through this before. And so I kind of took, we took a lot of cues from like how they had shared with their kids when they were the same age. And, um, yeah, so it, yeah, it was sad. It was very sad actually. Um, of course. What was the name of that book, Christine, for people who listen, who are listening, who may be experiencing something similar? Uh, it's called a family outing. Okay. And I'd, I forget who it's by, it's but good, good title. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm um, 
I mean, I'd love to spend another hour just hearing more about you because I know this was, we used a good portion of the time to talk about this change that John went through and its effect on you. But if you wouldn't mind talking through some of the changes you've experienced over the last four years, what is Christine like now? You talked about the last couple of years of your marriage wanting more control and wanting to make decisions based on what you were interested in. So how does life look and, and how are you different four years later? Well, I would say that at first it was pretty strange to go from not being or from being married to having the freedom to make all of the decisions. <laughs> um, so I was like, what do I what what do I want to do with my free time? Um, mm -hmm. And um, kind of exploring. I mean, I think I was never uh, very good at setting aside time for myself or making it a priority. And so all of a sudden with the way that we were sh um, sharing time with the kids, I had a lot of time where I could, I could really just figure out what I wanted to do with it. Um, and so one thing, I mean, so I realized that I had pretty much given all control of music stuff to John. And so, which I always had, <laughs> like I had really loved, I mean, which is fine. I, I wasn't really upset about that, but I was like, I always used to, used to like know kind of what was the new music. I loved going to shows. I hadn't been to one in like five years or more. Like I just had stopped sort of enjoying music. So oh, I man. like, I know. Uh, yeah. It was weird. So then I had to make steps to like get a Spotify account and start like writing down or like tracking <laughs> yeah. like artists that I liked. And I was like so intentional about listening to certain artists and then finding like what who was like them and listening to them. Or if I heard a song I liked, I would figure out who the artist was. I, I was really I like had all these lists or just like one big list of like the art like people who I wanted to listen to more and then started like join the 930 club a music club email listserv thing where I get yeah. I started just going to concerts of people who I sort of heard of or who I'd never heard of but I listened to one song from them when I saw it was coming up and it was cheap and it was right there and I started just going to more live music um and yeah so I I, I mean I got that pretty much that got back in my life um uh. <laughs> I do you I feel think I've been better. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I think maybe before there was kind of this theme of uh, maintaining and surviving. It sounds like you're you're beyond that right now, you know? I think I had like a, a little period where I was like, I'm just like going to enjoy like my freedom. But then I, <laughs> then yeah. I was like, I, I, I want to like make goals and make New Year's resolutions and like mm -hmm. try new things and... Um, I don't know, just rediscovering more of like myself as just myself. I was not really in a wife role anymore. And of course I'm always a, a mom, but I'm not always, I have, I, I have set aside time where I, I am, don't have that responsibility. And so, um, I've been like 
a ton more active. Like one day I was like, I think I'm just going to go running. I haven't been running in like 10 years. I just like got some <laughs> shoes and I decided to go running in the evenings. It was like summer. I was like, this is awesome. And then joined a gym and felt like I had never felt like I wanted to go work out really hard and feel like I had never felt that that was like energizing. I think I had always been like, oh, I, like anything that takes away from sleep is like, I don't, <laughs> it's not worth it. But, um, but <laughs> and that's probably the stage of life I was in too. But, but also just, um, I don't know, just being like more, uh, kind of like aware and alive and like just in, in terms of like this is like life is life is weird and um I don't know you gotta you gotta just be grateful I don't know um, yeah and well, it know, sounds like you were going through the you know like this combination of of exhilaration and confusion but you're sounds like you were starting to reacquaint yourself with your own interests and values yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that gets mushed together when you're married and in a, I mean, in an okay way, it's not like you should remain totally independent. And, but I think that process of like, Oh gosh, I, I don't know how to fill a whole Saturday or like, what, what am I supposed, yeah. to, what am I supposed to do? Or I have all these like evenings free. It's like, would never have been the case before. Um, totally. Yeah. So as you as you look back in the last four years, um, what would you want other people to know about this experience? Maybe people who are going through something similar, or just people listening that they may not otherwise know. I would say to find find the things that you have control over and that you know will bring you joy and make you happy and like put all your energy into those things. So I think during a time when there's so much going on that is, is out of your control, um, you know, even if it's small things, really sort of clinging to the things where you can make a decision and go with it because you know that that's the thing that's gonna like that you're gonna really enjoy or love um so like if you're feeling like eating lucky charms for dinner all week uh or for a month um just deciding to do that and um you know being like okay with that as a thing that in the midst of sort of all of the like stuff that's happening um it's a thing that you can decide for yourself and that that's what you're gonna need to to like be able to cope with the the situation and the day and the week and the month um like just figuring out those things um that you that you can really decide for yourself and um going for it. Um, <laughs> I don't think I was intention intentionally doing that, but looking back, I realized that that was like, um, I needed to really just, um, uh, make, uh, I, I really t needed to find the things where I could, um, decide for myself and, um, feel like I was in control of just 
um, really random small things and bigger things too that um, I really just would feel like or make me help me to feel like I was uh, in control in a time where I really was did not have control over a lot of the the decisions that I was being like asked to make and just um, yeah the whole situation. Another thing that was super helpful. I would say finding someone who's been in this, a similar or the same situation and gone through it in a way that you admire and that you um, you can sort of look to for advice and just, uh, I guess I was fortunate to, to find someone or to meet someone who'd been in a very similar situation and... Um, our lives were like very parallel in a lot of ways in, in terms of um, we both had small kids. We both, um, our our husbands coming out was like very similar in the way that they presented it to us. And, um, but she was two years down the road. And so having that um, to look to in terms of what things were going to look like down the road and, and how to get there and to just have someone to ask advice of and who really understands um, was really critical, um, and I think just knowing that it's it's going to be okay. You you a lot of people really came around me to be encouraging, but having someone who really understood, I think, um, was just was so helpful um, and really. I it's probably not always easy to find that person, um, but I. Um, was able to uh, attend a support group meeting for straight spouses through the Straight Spouse Network and found someone uh, there, fortunately, who, who um, yeah, I really uh, got a lot of good advice and information from and, um, yeah, who, who I could really talk to and trust. Um, well, Christine, thank you for... Um... Thank you for going over time, first of all. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Thank you for uh, talking to us and being so transparent. I am. I loved talking to you about this and hearing about it. I'm really grateful for your honesty. Yeah. I'm blown away by your approach and story. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it was really great to talk with you, with you both. Um, yeah.